Reena Sengarji, who is going to talk about Pitra and uh, ancestor worshipping uh, traditions uh, and the environmentalist aspects involved in ancestor worship. Uh, we are moving from philosophical foundations to uh, Puranic scriptural textual basis to uh, the most universal and widespread and the most and ancient aspect of uh, our cultures, paganist cultures, called the ancestor worshipping cultures. Bina Senghar. Uh, thank you, uh, Indic Academy, for giving me this opportunity to present my paper uh, in the indigenous environmentalism. I am, uh, uh, I, my presentation is on Pitra and ancestor worshipping traditions and how uh, actually they came up, like they didn't came up, it, it's a long tradition since the genesis of humanity on this earth and how it has enriched the notion of environmentalism and the connectedness of the cosmology of entity of humanity to the nature. So uh, we'll try to understand a very, not understand, like we'll just try to know a little bit about the, uh, how we do the rituals. Many times we do rituals, uh, which uh, as uh, uh, Mr. Garu previous, in the previous uh, uh, presentation also, uh, Mr. Garu had told that there, there is a whole lot of philosophy inherent in it. So when we see ritual, it is only the upper layer of it. There is a whole lot of philosophy and down to, down to it, um, there is a um, lot of um, uh, adhyatma and paramartha associated to it. So uh, in, the, uh, uh, in the Indian traditions, the ritual of Pitra, Pujan, uh, is, uh, is uh, usually done in the month of Ashwin and we have uh, Shukla Paksh and Krishna Paksh. So usually in the month of the Amava, in the month when there is an Amavasya, this Pitra Pujan or the ancestral worship is done. And in different uh, cultural practices, different kinds of uh, respectable um, things are ordained to the uh, ancestors. So uh, Indian Shastras have uh, explained it in a different, uh, in various forms. Uh, Two very important sources which we get are the Matsya Purana and Yamaspriti, where uh, uh, it is mentioned that how we should do the ritual of our ancestor worships and what are the different concepts and why, what kind of uh, shradhas, shradh need to be done. Uh, then in Yamaspriti, which is, of course, which is about life and death, uh, there are notions of nitya, namitya, kamya, vriddhi, and pavarna uh, uh, kinds of pitra sanskar or what we call it as shraddha sanskar. Uh, I'll just, uh, as we go through it, um, uh, again, we try to understand a different classification of these shraddhas, that what are these shraddha. Uh, as we could see, just a second. So uh, Nitya Shraddha or the regular Shraddha is something which has to be done on, um, on a regular basis. And uh, just by offering the uh, water, we do this kind of Shraddha. So usually when we do the Namaskara, so the, um, the origin, in fact, it's very interesting to know that our ancestors or the Vedic traditions knew that we all have originated from sun. 
So sun and the whole origin of the cosmology begins with the stars and the lights, which even uh, Nandita ma'am had explained in the, her first presentation. So Nitya Shraddh is like when the whole, every morning when we offer um, to the sun, uh, the water uh, in a very sacred manner, that itself it's, uh, is a ritual where we are worshiping and paying our respect to our, uh, our ancestors. Nemitik Shraddh is Kisi ko Nimit Banakar Shraddh Kriya. So Nemitik Shraddh is a Shraddh where we uh, where we idolize or iconize a certain object or certain territory and we pay regular respect to that particular place. Kamya Shraddh is when we uh, when we desire something from our ancestors that kindly our ancestors help us in achieving a uh, our certain goals. In that also, our all ancestors support us in their own power uh, sectors and then they help us in building in our um, manokamana or our desirous wisdom-based desire. Vridhi Shradis, <clears throat> when we actually want to um, ordain and expand our um, entity of the human entity in itself, so when we have the child, the desire to child to have some home or other kinds of. Then we have Pavarana Shraddha uh, where we actually pay respects to our uh, ancestors and uh, respect them that they should always keep us in their prayers and in their well-beings. Sampindadana Shraddha is uh, when Pitar uh, or the ancestors, if they are unsatisfied, we try to satisfy them in different forms. Goshti Shraddha is um, when we actually conglomerate, we uh, organize a community together and uh, we celebrate the togetherness. And then we have Shuddha Dharma Shraddha uh, where we try to uh, purify our community cultures and Yatrartha Shraddha, which is about the, uh, because, you know, when we leave a land which has been given to us by our ancestors, and when we try to go to some other land, we have to kind of purify ourselves to also keep a balance in the different land and its ancestral uh, belongingness. And then you have pushed, pushed Yarsar, um, pushed, Yartha Shraddha, uh, uh, which is actually about the uh, human body, physical and soul to be taken care of. So um, these different kinds of Shraddha, when we try to understand, they are basically all about that how we are connected to our ancestors, which we call as Purvaj, and how in every step of our life, they uh, empower us with their blessings and their presence. So uh, when we talk about the tangibility and uh, as the Western philosophy also always talks about the rationality of tangibility or intangible presence, uh, often the ancestrals, uh, value, uh, ancestral proposition and their um, presence in our life in different forms is ignored which to a large extent our culture never tried to deviate ourselves. Dina, and, excuse me, uh, yes. can we uh, 
gradually move to the environmentalist aspects and definitely i'm i'm just coming to that part so these are uh, actually i just wanted to know uh, explain a certain amounts of rituals because um, they there are rituals which are part of our well being and they have very uh, they have inert philosophical understanding to explain uh, to nurture our culture as well so these are different niyams we have niyam means different kinds of sacred procedures that where we all should do a kind of shraddh and which are the uh, auspicious dates which we should follow and uh, where exactly are the different kinds of methods also doing these secret procedures so uh, when we talk about uh, ancestors so who are these ancestors so um, usually there are different philosophical ways um, uh, there are uh, semite and the uh, non semite or polytheistic cultures don't believe in uh, the notions of one origin or like one man and woman brought everybody so origin of mankind humankind in polytheistic cultures comes from the uh, notion of panchbhuta or natural elements as pitra so if we we'll go to our pitric tradition uh, or the ancestral tradition there is a notion of gotra and uh, the utpatti rishi which are actually about different elements of the nature and that actually connects to the environmentalism and the ancestors so our ancestors are not coming from the one human being which is disconnected from nature our ancestors are actually nature and from nature we have evolved ourselves so because of that when we worship our ancestors we just don't worship our ancestors in the lineage we also worship the origin the origining uh, factors which gave birth to our humanity and the entire life being so this is something on so almost every vedic scripture talks about the ancestors and their worshiping or pitra pranam uh, so as we study the puranic literature there is a uh, as uh, professor velicharu narayan rao also explains so uh, in the puranic um, uh, there is a whole genealogy associated as i just explained that uh, it's the natural element or the origin of the cosmos then comes the natural element of the prakriti and then the different life forms and ultimately the humanity so this is a connected chain of ancestry which all belongs to us i'll just uh, show you one uh, yeah uh, if you could see this is um, uh, we have settler culture nomad cultures and base or forest cultures and these different cultures actually define the ritualization of the um uh, ancestral worship phenomena so when we talk about forest cultures the essential or the base culture actually um, if we see the formation of the human society we all actually as ma'am nandita ma'am and my previous speakers have also told about we all belong to the hunter gathering societies out of those hunter gathering societies we have developed three different stages of evolution so forest cultures remain the primordial base cultures of our societies then comes the nomadic cultures who actually came out from the forest cultures and try to bring out more substantial materialism to the society and then came the settler culture where who were uh, 
constantly being connected through the settler and the forest-based cultures. So we see the primordial difference also in um, ritualization of the um, Pitra worship or the worship of the ancestors. So uh, as we could, uh, I'll just go through it. So uh, as you could see, in forest-based cultures or the primordial cultures or the base cultures of the human societies, the domain of ancestral land becomes very important. Um, the, uh, the whole idea of ancestry and ancestor worship actually comes with the ancestral domain or the land to which we belong. Because land defines our connectedness with our roots. Everything which we possess today is actually has come out from our land to where we have taken birth at or from where our ancestors have come. So unless and until we will nurture our ancestral land and maintain its environmental sanctity, we won't be able to uh, continue the notion or the, uh, the entire sanctity or sacredness of the Pitra or the ancestral worshipping. So uh, the most important aspect of ancestral indigeneity is based on the sacred groves. So as we see uh, the existence of sacred groves in India most likely dates back to an ancient pre-agrarian hunter-gathering era and their presence has been documented of course like colonial era tried to document a lot with the sacred groves because a lot of exploitation began from the sacred groves because all the forest wealth with its actual original biodiversity of the indigenous nature was repleted uh, by the colonial invasive species and that actually uh, tarnished the harmony of nature and humanity in terms of the disbalance created in these sacred groves. Because every ancestral uh, mm, uh, society or the uh, forest-based society worshipped their ancestors with their sacred groves. So every, uh, if you'll see, uh, if you'll go to every village uh, in a tribal area, uh, they actually have their ancestors in their interiors of the village in the core interior of the village, we'll find their ancestral worshipping place. And as we come out of the village, we will find the sacred groves where they uh, put their ancestors, uh, the iconic uh, symbols or totems, as we call as, in those sacred groves. And they regularly worship their ancestors in those sacred areas. Unfortunately, um, as uh, if you could see, uh, remember the uh, presentation of uh, Professor Nandita Ma'am, uh, where she has shown us certain sacred, which have been really um, right now environmentalism, environmentalist and um, the traditional uh, sacred grow experts are trying to safeguard those very few left out uh, sacred groves of India. But if we can, uh, if many of us who belong to certain kinds of ancestral village cultures, we all know that in every village of ours, there was certain grove area, sacred grove area, which was respected by all the villages and everybody used to go and worship them because from their particular sacred grove zone came all the essential uh, seeds and um, essential elements of life to regenerate. So all the uh, fruit plants, orchards, gardens, uh, even the sources to nourish the um, um, 
Ayurvedic medicines or the healing plants actually came from those sacred areas of those um, uh, plants and the tree territory of the trees of those villages. Um, uh, right now also, um, when we talk about Maharashtra and its groves, so uh, right now the sacred groves territory is only left in Western Ghats and in um, Kolhapur or the um, Desh uh, regions of the East uh, Western Ghat region or the Western part of Maharashtra, where majority of the Koli and the Varli tribe lives. But uh, when we come to the Gond tribe areas of Maharashtra, or even the Bhil tribe areas of the northern parts of Maharashtra, there is hardly any um, sacred groves at a large entities left. Most of them have been chopped down by the illegal farm, illegal uh, timber merchants or different kinds of industrial inputs. So as a result, even though tribal villages are there, they are not left with their ancestral groves or the sacred groves. As a result, there is a disbalance of ancestral connectedness. And uh, the major uh, setback which we find in the base primordial uh, forest cultures is the loss of sacred groves and their ancestral worshipping connectedness to their homelands. Uh, sacred groves uh, and uh, places in Gons in Maharashtra. So there was one, uh, I'm just trying to cite a particular uh, event which actually happened in Etapalli Taluka of uh, Garchiroli area uh, where uh, they found that they couldn't do their one of the ancestral worshipping ritual, one of their Pitrapranam uh, Vidhi properly because uh, it was it, will, it became defunct. It, it, it couldn't perform. It couldn't happen in the way it should happen. And then the uh, forest dwellers, born tribe of that region at Gachiroli, they cried out and they said that God is angry on us. Our ancestors are angry on us. That's why we are not able to perform our sacred ancestral worshipping ritual. And that actually brings out that what is the relationship between environment and the ritualization in Nema, which we call as ancestral or Pitra worshipping traditions. Um, so um, uh, similarly, when we see, uh, I'll just, uh, because here I have mentioned about, uh, we can go back to this slide again. So uh, here we see that in the settler culture, we have this notion of going to Bodh Gaya because we all settled in different parts of the world and so our sacredness had to be associated to certain sacred river where we try to do our Petra Pujan. Similarly, nomad cultures have their own special areas. For example, the Banjaras, the Rabaris, and uh, the various Laman, they have their own. For example, Laman tribe or the Banjara tribe, they go to the Samar Lake of Rajasthan and they perform their ritualization of ancestor worshiping there. Similarly, uh, Banjaras or Rabaris always go back to Kutch and they perform their ancestral worship there because they all believe that they have originated from there. And uh, similarly, forest cultures, because they have uh, very moved very less in their entire ancestral life or in throughout their lineage, they always respect their own land. So land, ancestry and our origin is all connected and this is explained through the 
our uh, different philosophical text as well. So as we go into the ancestral indigenous uh, worshipping culture, so we find that it's not very exclusive to us. Uh, indigenous cultures throughout the world, they worship their ancestors for a very famous uh, festival of Myrtis de Deas, which is, have, uh, which is uh, uh, an important festival among the Native Americans in different forms, and especially among Mexicans, which is about the worshipping of their ancestors in, in a certain part of a year. Similarly, in King Ming's festival of Chinese, uh, they go and worship their ancestors and they pay their homage to them and they try to uh, purge out all their um, sins and they even ask for their uh, blessings so that no such uh, further uh, calamity or any kind of illness may happen in their life. Uh, so uh, there is a universal, uh, universal, uh, universality of um, ancestral worship and philosophical essence uh, to it. Uh, we are very fortunate that our Indian traditions of Vedic culture and Upanishadic traditions, they gave us the philosophical essence to it, that why we do it. The oldest and most elaborate complex rich and, uh, ancestral rituals are actually explained in Rig Veda and Atharveda, where they include hymns for both inhumanation, burial, cremation, verses are being done, and uh, what even how the mourners have to explain. And then again in Shraut Grahe and Pitramedha Sutra, a full-fledged cult of ancestry known as Shraddha or faith, Shraddha, uh, is being explained even in Dharma Shastra and Purana. So uh, the entire cosmology of birth, death, and connectedness of this birth, death cycle with our ancestry has been variedly philosophically explained in our rituals and also in our philosophical texts like Upanishads and also the sutras. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, so there is a stages of post-life of samsara. These manuals on death and nurture of ancestors are concerned first with the disposition of body in Anteshti, the final sacrifice. Second, because the belief that a new body awaited the disease in a heaven no longer prevailed. There had to be a ritual construction of a temporary body for the disembodied uh, spirit in its brief passage into the status of ancestor. Actually, this is a brilliant paper. A very interesting uh, points are coming. Okay, out, I'm but, uh, yeah. uh, can you uh, uh, please be a little no, deeper just... uh, so that actually we are running late. We are already sure, running. sure, sir. I'll just. Uh, this is actually the last slide. Uh, so this is how we understand that cosmology of life, death, and connectedness. And uh, so we never, uh, we never, uh, the beautiful part of the polytheistic or indigenous cultures is that we never try to uh, see the body as something which has to be sustained because body goes back to all the ancestors in form of the Panchabhuta Lakshana, which is known as uh, uh, Jal, uh, Agni, Prithvi, Akash, and uh, the whole antariksh. So the uh, whole, uh, for us, life, death, and its cosmology with ancestors is important, not the body, because body is part of the Atman and uh, Jivan. 
so body may keep on changing but it is life death and connectedness which is very important as part of the cosmology of being to uh, being um, as an entity with our ancestors and so ancestral worship becomes very important because it it teaches us about that how we should be respectful to our land our environment and also the components all the panchabhut lakshana of the environment that is water land um vegetation uh, the different kinds of biodiversity aspects and also those which are being merged in these all cosmology of nature through the forms of our ancestors so this is how i um i'm like um, i'm very happy to share my views on it and so i'll just thank just you very much ma'am uh, this was really really brilliant uh, we decided uh, a very great value to the session uh, probably people would have not thought of uh, connecting ancestral worship to environmentalism and uh, there are going to be good papers on sacred grounds uh, in the conference but uh, the idea of sacred grounds and ancestral worship how they can get connected is really brilliant and how actually environmentalism is part of our personal kinship attachment to our ancestors is a brilliant idea uh, actually thank you uh, very much ma'am uh, 